This is the TriDot Podcast. TriDot uses your training data and genetic profile combined with predictive analytics and artificial intelligence to optimize your training, giving you better results in less time with fewer injuries. Our podcast is here to educate, inspire, and entertain. We'll talk all things triathlon with expert coaches and special guests. Join the conversation and let's improve together. Together. Hey folks, welcome to today's edition of the TriDot Podcast. Really interesting topic today. We'll be talking about the effects mental stress can have on our body's physical ability to train. Joining us for this conversation is Coach John Mayfield. A successful Ironman athlete himself, John leads TriDot's athlete services, ambassador, and coaching programs. He has coached hundreds of athletes ranging from first-timers to Kona qualifiers and professional triathletes. John has been using TriDot since 2010 and coaching with TriDot since 2012. John, how's it going for you on this fine Monday? Going good. The week is off to a good start, so uh, it's going to be a good week. Next up is pro triathlete and coach Elizabeth James. Elizabeth came to the sport from a soccer background and quickly rose through the triathlon ranks using TriDot. From a beginner to top age grouper to a professional triathlete. She is a Kona and Boston Marathon qualifier who has coached triathletes with TriDot since 2014. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for having me. And who am I? I'm Andrew, the average triathlete, voice of the people, and a captain of the middle of the pack. Today we'll get warmed up, and then we'll talk about mental stress and its training implications. We'll cool down today with a uh, little one-on-one conversation between me and an athlete named Chris Hess who just so happens to be the winner of our Train X Challenge. He's going to fill us in on the cool toys that he won and uh, how his training is going for his uh, upcoming event. Lots of good stuff. Let's get to it. Time to warm up. Let's get moving. Professional athletes and industry influencers have long made extra cash through endorsement deals and sponsorships. And out of the thousands of such deals in place with athletes worldwide, there exists a a sort of upper echelon of endorsements, where an athlete becomes so synonymous with an industry that they get their own line of product released in their name and honor. For basketball and soccer players, we often see this with shoe or cleat deals. Uh, Even unrelated to sports, there are guys like boxer George Foreman with his trademark George Foreman Grills. In endurance sports, Michael Phelps has his own goggle line. Peter Sagan has his own line of slick 100% sunglasses. Legendary cyclists Chris Boardman and Eddie Merck have their own bike brands. And marathoner Meb Kafleski for a while had his own line of Go Meb running shoes put out by Skechers. With all of this in mind, for today's warm-up question, after you inevitably reach sports celebrity status from your race winnings and your time on the TriDot podcast, what type of product line would you be most interested in launching with your name on it? As our professional athlete in the Tread Out Podcast family, Elizabeth, I'm going to start with you. So probably not as cool as like your own bike brand. Um, but the first thing that came to mind was like 100% has to do with hats. Um, more often than not, I'm wearing a hat. It's kind of the perfect cover-up for triathletes as we're going from one workout to the next. Um when we don't have time to fix our hair. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
put a put a hat on that. Um, I, I think that would be my product line. And, and I, I do have to mention, um, Elizabeth is either always in a, a tri-dot hat or I've seen you in your Kona hat. Uh, that, that's kind of one of your go-tos, right? Mm-hmm. I think we all have a couple go-to hats. Uh, and, and so I, I have to say this, because Elizabeth, you recently um, were interviewed as a pro triathlete and tri-dot coach uh, on another um, YouTube channel. Had a hat. <laughs> and you had a hat on. And so uh-huh. I was fully expecting, um, like when that went live, I was fully expecting you to be wearing your Kona hat. Uh, cause that, that unlike a podcast, you were actually on video. Yes. And, uh-huh. and so guys, you can go check out Elizabeth's interview, um, with Troy Jacobson on YouTube and she represented tried out really well, got to talk about it a little bit. Uh, and he just interviewed her as a pro triathlete, but I was fully expecting you. And I went to watch your interview to be wearing your Kona hat and you weren't. And I was like, ah, I, I, I so <laughs> but you wanted, fully expected a hat. I fully so, expected case a hat in point right and there. you delivered on that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, a, a line of Elizabeth James, uh, you, you clearly would have to have our graphic design guy make you a little EJ logo oh, there to we go, go on the hat. Um, and I like this idea. Fun different designs, and yeah, we we can really we can really flesh this out later off off the podcast right. and make this a reality. So, uh, John Mayfield, for you, what would be your line of products with John Mayfield's name on them? Oh man, so I think something to be kind of cool and something uh, a couple musicians have done. Not that I'm a musician at all, uh, is a line of tequila. So uh, one of my favorites is. Uh, actually an Anejo tequila from, uh, it's a little company, obviously down in, in Mexico that George Strait got behind. Okay. Um, it's called Codigo, uh, great tequila. And uh, so I think it'd be kind of cool to have have a nice aged tequila, kind of combine uh, my love of, of Texas culture and Mexican culture along with uh, some of the whiskey that I, I enjoy from uh, the Tennessee and Kentucky area. So kind of a marriage of everything, uh, that I love all wrapped up into one Anejo tequila. That is absolutely in the time I've known you, your go-to cuisine of choice. Whenever we let John pick where we're going to go eat, it's always uh, Mexican Tex-Mex. I'm glad and... you didn't say tequila because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's it going with this? Well, that, well, that just goes with it, right? That absolutely goes with it. So I think that's a great choice for you, John. Thanks. I would, uh, I would fully back that. And I'm sure we would have many athletes in the Trout Out Podcast family that would, uh, Love to order some John Mayfield tequila. So, um, yeah, uh, my my choice. Um, and so I was trying to think of what is the the thing that I love the most that has to do kind of sort of with our sport. And the first thing that I, that I thought of and instantly was like, this is it, coffee. I mean, coffee and multi sport is synonymous. Like that that the coffee shop stop midway through a long ride is just a trademark of the cycling industry. Uh, we, we all know that coffee and caffeine gets us to the starting line of those uh, 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 long training Saturday morning training sessions so much. Uh, but I, I just have become a huge coffee head in the last couple of years of my adult life, right? And uh, I, I specifically would just love like an espresso roast. I'm a big Americano fan, big espresso fan. I, I love kind of those dark, rich uh, 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 coffees. And so um, if I could have an Andrew Harley espresso line uh that that, that came out um that would just be the pick for me hey i'm down with caps and coffees <laughs> on to the main set going in three two one our main set today is brought to you by our good friends at you here at tridot we are huge believers in using you to fuel our training and racing in the crowded field of nutrition companies, what separates UCAN from the pack is the science behind their superstarch, the key ingredient in UCAN products. While most energy powders are filled with sugar or stimulants that cause a spike or crash, UCAN energy powders, powered by superstarch, deliver a steady release of complex carbs to give you stable blood sugar and provide long lasting energy. 
UCAN also offers tasty and refreshing hydration mixes and energy bars for when you are on the go. When I was new to UCAN, my first purchase was their perfectly named Tri Starter Pack. It's the best way to discover what super starch powered UCAN products are best for you. So head to their website, generationucan.com, and use the code TRIDOT to save 15% on your entire order. We all know that there are some days that just wear on you more than others. We've all had those times where the moments of the day leave us feeling depleted before we even get to the next training session. We all experience different forms of stress in our weeks, and thus we all need to know how to navigate mental stress with the physical training load we take on as members of the multi-sport community. Um, so guys, as we approach this conversation today, just to kind of kick us off, um, let, let's kind of personalize this a little bit. Do you both have maybe any recent or even fairly recent examples where you or maybe one of the athletes you coach uh, had some of their training affected by stress in their life? Uh, yeah. So both me personally as an athlete and with the athletes that I coach as well. And I, I really think that the reality is that if an athlete hasn't experienced this yet, um, they likely will at some point. There are just so many stressors that we encounter and any one of them can impact our training, let alone kind of a, a combination of them too. So just to give a few examples, and I mean, the research on this topic will categorize stressors in, in various ways, but just to give us a little context of some of the things that could impact training, um, as you've mentioned, there's, there's structural stress. So where a structure of the body is actually impacted, such as like a new injury or a previous injury, chronic pain. That, that calf strain that won't go away. Right. That, that yes. metatarsal in your foot that keeps hurting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then there's biochemical stress. So illness, infection, irregular hormone cycles, digestive disorders. And, and I mean, those can also be a result of um, or an impact from other stressors as well. So, so your body's under some sort of stress that, that isn't caused by a workout and isn't caused by you know, maybe mental stress, but, but your body still is going through something because it's fighting mm -hmm. something going on. Yes. Yeah. And, and then there's emotional stress. And I, and I think that that's going to be kind of where we really dive into today um, and the main focus for our discussion. And emotional stress can come from, you know, challenging relationships, death, divorce, worry, pressures from work, um, anger, financial uncertainty. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a long list there. And Worldwide pandemics. Yes, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of stressors. So, you know, approximately one in five people are going to experience some extreme stress. And there are billions of dollars that are spent in healthcare every year due to stress-related illness. So kind of going back to your question, because stress is so prevalent, um, I can cite a number of examples in my own training and with the athletes that I work with where we've needed to account for the impact of those stressors and the kind of effects that they have on our training. Recently, obviously, as we've we've dealt with the, the COVID epidemic, um, we've all been under a certain amount of stress. And we've all had changes to our lifestyle. Uh, for a lot of people, it was uh, job uncertainty or, or even job loss. For others, it's physical illness. Uh, maybe it's just having the kids around more than uh, we're used to. So all those things uh, change our schedule and change our routine. Uh, things like canceled races or, or uncertainty of what's yeah. going to happen to a race uh, really changes motivations and, and um, 
our, our schedule, but, but they also are, are stress inducing sometimes, um, the things when we just don't know, or, or when we get out of our, our groove, our established routine, it, it becomes a stressful situation. So I think really, um, all of us have dealt with this to, to one degree or another in these last several months. So uh, I think we can, we can all see that it, that it does actually impact our ability to train, um, our consistency in training, the effectiveness of the sessions that we get in, um, and just what we're able to put into the sessions. Yeah, and, and John, I love that you're talking and you're bringing up about you know how much that we've all been faced with different stressors lately that we're not even used to, and, and so everybody, and from one time or another, regardless of how prone you are to stress, you know, eventually you are going to face something that will stress you. And, and I love recently, um, and, and this isn't why we decided to do this podcast, but but when I was doing the research for this, um, USA Triathlon sent, sent out an email where they um, have now partnered with a thing called Talkspace. And it literally is, is like online therapy. You, you can subscribe to a plan and you can connect with a therapist um, from the privacy of your own home. And, and you can kind of, Elizabeth, what you're talking about. I mean, mental health goes so much deeper than, than just being stressed. Uh, but if you are stressed, if you are having some emotional stress in your life, USA Triathlon has partnered with a, a, a great way for you to get help with that. And, and I thought that was so cool of them uh, to do that. So um, guys, check that out if, if, you're, if you're interested at all. Um, if you're finding yourself just, just stressed and needing someone to talk to, um, that's a really cool thing that USA triathlon just partnered with. So, um, when we're facing emotional stress, you know, when we feel kind of weighed down by, by baggage, what is it that is actually biologically happening in our bodies? Well, just as a disclaimer, I, I, you know, I have no medical degree, um, but I did ace every biology course that I took. Solid. And, uh, Good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have far too much experience with the uh, effects of stress as well. So I think I can still speak to this here. Um, biologically, you know, stress is actually a very healthy and normal response to any stressor or trigger. Um, it, I mean, stress primes our body for defense against a threat. So, you know, historically, there were stressors like escaping predators, um, and that caused a necessary and helpful reaction from the body to survive. It's a survival instinct. Um, now, today's stressors are, are quite different, but the I body's know, reaction is athletes, the same. There's some athletes in the Pacific Northwest doing some trail running or mountain biking or some okay, hiking that, uh, <laughs> that, that might still have to outrun a predator. They are still escaping predators, true. Um, it, and, you know, that's that's that fight or flight response. And I'm sure most athletes have heard of that before. And that's, that's the body's reaction to stress. So when we're under stress, I mean, physically, the, the sympathetic nerve system kicks in and triggers the pituitary gland to release a number of hormones and neurotransmitters, um, such as like adrenaline and cortisol. And those are what trigger that, that fight or flight. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So those hormones trigger the body to kind of pull blood away from functions that are not immediately necessary. So like our immune system, our digestive system, and those resources that are pulled away from like the immune system, digestive system are then sent to the brain and our muscles. So we come like we become in this high alert state. Um, that's why you feel like your heart rate increase, um, our feelings of pain are reduced, the blood actually thickens a little bit as it anticipates the potential need to clot. That's interesting. And <laughs> yeah, this is all part of that fight or flight response um, that we mentioned. Now, it, you know, this can be helpful in short term situations. This is, you know, what kicks in when somebody cuts you off in traffic and you Ugh. have to react quickly. Um, but it's troublesome. And, and this is often where it begins to impact training when it's chronic stress. And it's, you know, something that is much more long term. 
So what impact can mental stress like actually have on our bodies? Cause like when we talk about emotional stress, I mean, you know, being stressed from maybe a promotion at work or being stressed from just a lot going on in your personal life or from somebody, you know, being sick or from a worldwide pandemic, just sweeping the globe. I mean, that, that, that's all stress that occurs in your mind and releases those hormones, but can that actually start to affect what our muscles and what our bodies are physically capable of in training? The body is incredibly smart. Um, so there's going to be a physical reaction for, you know, these stressors. Think, think about the last presentation that you gave and you were stressed out for. Um, your mouth gets dry, your heart rate quickens. I mean, you've got a physical response right there. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, those... That's how I start every podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You exactly. start the podcast recordings in zone four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heart rate quickens. Need a drink of water. Um, but, uh, you know, those, those physical reactions are going to pass as the stressor is removed. But if you're always under stress, then, you know, that's where we're talking about kind of that chronic stress and those bigger implications. Um, you know, when your cortisol is always up, your immune system is always down. And for me, this is what I call finals week flu. I got sick every single finals week, all through high school, all through college. You're just building up to those tests, building up to those big projects mm -hmm. at the end of a semester. You were just constantly under stress for weeks getting yes. ready, right? As opposed uh -huh. to just like one day or two right. days. Like it yep. was, yeah, okay, I got yeah, you. Yeah, it was kind of this the <laughs> culmination of all of the stress leading into, you know, the end of the semester. And I think as you're, as you're sharing that about yourself, I mean, everybody listening right now knows okay, when you're stressed, like, like, you know, some people carry it in their back and their backs start aching. Some people carry it in, you know, they'll, they'll get stomach aches when they're mm -hmm. stressed, right? Everybody knows what your body's response is to being stressed over time. And, but, but, but there is a response. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, for me, it was that finals week flu. Other, others sometimes refer to this as leisure sickness where they're, they're so stressed out at work, like have to get everything done. They're wrapping up some big projects so that they can take a week vacation and then they spend their week vacation sick because yeah. their immune system has just not been, you know, functioning as they're under all of this stress. They finally get to go on vacation, take a step back, and then that's the body saying, whoa, oh, okay, our immune system is functioning again, and it realizes that you've just been in overdrive. So there, there's a big physical impact to some of those stressors. So, so John, as Elizabeth is sharing, I, I think she's already kind of led on to the fact that, that she is she, she's a little bit more prone to, to stressing, right? Which that, that tracks their personality. I mean, just likes to have all of her ducks in a row, likes to be on top of everything. Uh, so a little bit of stress comes with that. I, John, I'm on the opposite end of that. Uh, I literally, my, um, I, I used to work for a television network. And when you came on staff at this television network, they would have you go through a personality profile test. It would spit out a 23 page report, you know, just here's you on a piece of paper. And one of the, one of the uh, list items that it would tell you about yourself from a zero to 100 scale, how prone you were to stress. I, I came in, I clocked in as a two. <laughs> oh. So I'm a two out of 100 on how prone I am to stress. And, and I, I get stressed. I have seasons where I stress out. I, you know, but I, I just, I internalize it. And I just, I don't know, like to me, you know, whatever's going on in my life, all I can do is the best I can do with the time that I have. And I just let the Lord take the rest, right? Like just <laughs> Jesus take the wheel and the rest of it. And so I, I it, it takes a lot for me to have stress over time. Uh, and it happens. Um, John, where, where do you land on that? Are you, uh, somebody who gets stressed? I'm probably a three. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I'm pretty laid back. I, I tend to roll with things, um, fairly well, but certainly, uh, I think for me and, and, and probably the same for you be my guess is 
uh, it it tends to culminate in, and it almost is like a, yeah. a bubble that, that'll <laughs> pop and, and it, it tends to build over time. Uh, sometimes I don't even realize yeah. it's building, but uh, yeah, so it, it certainly comes, but you know, it's, but it still it's comes for me and it's, it's kind of seasonal um, where, yeah, I'll just have, it's, I think it's just that culmination, that, that accumulation of all that stress that maybe I've deferred or maybe I've ignored. Um, and then it all, all comes, uh, comes at once. And, um, so yeah, it's, I, I'm kind of like you, I'm pretty laid back. I roll with the punches, but, um, you know, certainly not immune from the effects of the stress. So whether someone is an Elizabeth, uh, at one end of the spectrum, um, or an Andrew John at the other end, uh, or somewhere in the middle, which is probably a healthier spot to be in. <laughs> if we We've to got be the extremes here. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we all recognize that wherever we are in that spectrum, uh, mental stress can fatigue us considerably. Um, but does mental stress have the same ability to wear on our actual bodies and muscles as physical training does? You know, we, we've we've talked about there's those hormones released. We've talked about, you know, chronic chronically chronic stress over time can do things to our bodies. Uh, but when we talk about our actual muscles, you know, what, what were the legs we're using in a bike trainer ride, the, the arms that are pumping, you know, in, in the pool do, doing laps, can those be worn down by mental and emotional stress? So it's going to have less implication directly on the uh, the body's physical uh, ability to perform. It's going to be more so... Um, in its capacity to do so. It's going to be reflected more in the cardiovascular system um, because each of us has a certain capacity for stress and the the source of stress is is largely irrelevant. Uh, so once we've reached our stress capacity, then then we're there. Uh, we've 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 utilized all that we have. So it doesn't matter if the body is stressed from these lifestyle uh, type events that we've been discussing, uh, or if you've reached your your training stress uh, capacity. And and really, what we have to do is balance the two of these together because um, none of us is is in a vacuum where we only have training stress or we only have lifestyle stress. As triathletes, we're um, we're, we're spending a considerable amount of time every week training, but this is yeah. also, um, done so with, with the rest of our, our lives, our, our jobs, our families, our finances, all these things that, that are stressing us, um, in a good way or, or a bad way or somewhere in between. And, um, so I think that's, that's one of the important roles, um, as a coach is to work with the athletes to ensure that the training stress that they're doing in their daily sessions is productive and works well with the amount of, of lifestyle stress that they have. So, um, a coach is always having to consider things like what, what type of profession is, is the athlete in? Do they have a high stress job? Are they in a, um, a high stress situation at home? And, and that all weighs and, and really reduces an athlete's capacity for, for training stress. So, uh, it's, it's kind of a balancing act of, of the, the amount of training that we're able to do combined with um, just the amount of lifestyle stress that we have already. And I think that's good to really differentiate between, you know, the training stress and the lifestyle stress because not all stress is productive. Um, you know, because you're using Trotot, you know that your training stress is productive. There's, you know, predictable and desired outcomes that are coming from that. But those external stressors are not always producing those desired yeah, outcomes. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and that's where it you kind mean of... getting sick from being <laughs> mentally stressed is not a productive outcome? No, and that definitely not a desired outcome either. Yeah, Elizabeth, I think, I think that's a great point because when you think about it, I mean, not all stress is bad stress. You hear the word stress and you think that as typically as a negative thing, right? But I mean, th there can be things that, str I mean, training stress is good stress. Like we're intentionally 
putting our muscles and our bodies under stress so that we grow our muscles, become stronger, become faster. Um, but, but even lifestyle stress, it's not always bad. I mean, if you get a promotion at work, that's going to come with certain stresses and learning the job. Uh, that, that, that's a good life thing that's occurring to you. Um, Je- Coach Jeff Rains and I uh, were, were talking the other day. We, we both just went through moves. Um, I moved you know, 15 minutes from one city, from one suburb of Dallas to another suburb of Dallas. Uh, Jeff Rains and his family are moving four hours from one city to another city. Um, and, and there's certain stress that comes with that. It's a positive thing that's happening in your life, uh, but, but it still holds stressors. Whereas there is, to what you're talking about, Elizabeth, undesirable stress. So, so have you guys found in your experience with working with athletes, is, is there a difference on the way it weighs on us if the source of the stress is kind of a positive you know, stressor or a negative stressor? Yeah, so certainly there are those negative stresses, and, and then there's the positives. Those are the eustresses. Um, and oftentimes they can, they can offset one another. They can help. So, so there is an actual term for positive stress? Yeah, so generally we, we tend to correlate stress as, as a negative, something that, that uh, is a, uh, sometimes has those negative ramifications. But uh, eustress are, are the things that uh, stress, stress us but also have more of that positive connotation. So things is it, like is you that mentioned. eustress, like Y-O-U, like you are stressed? No, that would probably be the negative side. Uh, so eustress are, are things like you mentioned, like the promotions and moves. These are things that we tend to, to celebrate and look forward to, but they also reduce our capacity uh, for, for stress. So everyone handles these differently. Uh, I think this goes back to what we were just discussing on uh, whether you're someone that tends to be high stress or low stress. Um, but, but certainly, yeah, there, there are the positive stresses, there are the negative stresses. Um, each impacts our ability to train and our ability to recover in different ways, but they all need to be considered in in the overall scheme of what we're doing. So guys, why, why coach John Mayfield was saying all that and, uh, educating us, uh, I Googled you stress cause I was just curious and it is in fact spelled E U S T R E S S. It is a type of stress that's classified. I thought I was being clever, John. I thought I was bringing up like, <laughs> like, Oh, there's positive stress and negative stress. This is, this is a good thought. And science has already figured it out and classified it and given it a term. So thank you for, and it wasn't me. So yeah, that's not. <laughs> Um, so, so guys, when we're heading into a training session, and this is, I think, as athletes, what we're probably m- more interested in, um, when we're heading into a training session or maybe even a training week, and we know we are fatigued by some of these outside stressors, some of these mental stressors, emotional stressors, what adjustments should we make to our training when we're under that kind of stress? Definitely listen to your body. Um, it's much better to take a day or two off than having to take an extended period of time off later. And as an example, um, when I was teaching, I knew that the week of state testing was going to be somewhat stressful. Um, I mean, to put it lightly. For you, for the students? (laughs) Uh, Both, yeah. Yeah, Everybody. Um, And so I knew that that week for my triathlon training was going to be best spent doing some aerobic sessions after the school day. Uh, I still needed to take some time for me, wanted to be active, but I was coming out of those school days already very worn down. And so that was an adjustment that I knew I needed to make because of some of those outside stressors. So a good rule of thumb is anytime that your training capacity is diminished, regardless of, of why, um, I kind of have a progression of, of things to, to work through. So whether it is a, um, a stressful week, 
where uh, your overall capacity for training stress is reduced because of those other lifestyle stresses. Uh, it could be an illness, whether you're getting sick or, or coming out of an illness, maybe it's an injury, anything that is reducing your ability to, to train at 100%. The first thing you need to do is reduce the intensity duration. So um, where you would say normally do maybe eight minutes of high intensity running Drop it down to maybe six minutes, five minutes, whatever you're capable of. Um, if you're not able to do that, reduce the intensity level. So instead of maybe doing threshold type work, maybe it's doing more aerobic uh, work to to reduce that overall stress. Um, and then reduce the volume. So if um, if you reduce the the intensity, but you still um, even at that, that easy effort, yeah, uh, cut back on the time. That, that you're doing. So maybe instead of 60 minutes, it's 30 minutes. And that's kind of what uh, Elizabeth was mentioning, where uh, on those stressful days at work, she didn't have the capacity to go and do a bunch of hard sessions, but it was still good to go and do some of the easy sessions just for some of the, uh, the benefits of doing that. So um, reduce the intensity uh, and then reduce the time if necessary. And then um, on, on the way back out, as you recover and, and regain that capacity for stress, work so back, uh, kind of backwards through that. So, so work back up to, to full volume uh, and then increase the amount uh, or the, the level of intensity and then increase the time of intensity until you're able to get back on track to as to where you were. That, I mean, that's super helpful. I mean, I think if anybody like, you know, if you take anything out of this podcast, it's those that 90 seconds right there. Right. I mean, cause that, cause that, that's, that's the application like that. That, that is the, Hey, you're going to, you're going to have moments in your life where you're stressed. Mm -hmm. and, and when you do, you, you still, you're trying to train, you're trying to stay healthy. You're trying to stay on top of your fitness. Here, here's the guidelines. And, that, and that's what you just gave us. Yeah. Generally something is better than nothing. Now yeah. there, there will come the time where nothing is, is what, what is need. appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and oftentimes, you know, we don't have good solid objective metrics to tell us exactly how much capacity we have in a, in a certain day. We have some guidelines that we can use and there's some metrics out there. Um, but, but oftentimes it's, it's kind of figuring out what is it, what do I have today? And it was kind of like what you mentioned is, uh, I know I don't have this, but let me see if I have something less than that. And, yeah. and, and, you know, it's being flexible in that. Well, I was going to try for, for, I knew I didn't have 16 minutes, but I was going to try for 10, but maybe five is all I've got today. There's nothing wrong with that. It's all about getting in what you can and not, not pushing to the extreme to that point where it does become counter counterproductive. So we want to make sure everything we do is productive, is healthy, is producing results. So, uh, you know, it's, it's working with that, finding what that is and, and just allowing grace in that, in that as well. What, what is maybe, what, while we're talking about this, um, what would you say are the signs of you being at the point where you're just so overloaded with stress that, that it does become more beneficial to just kind of kind of just hold off on training for a day or two or a period of time? As, as Elizabeth mentioned earlier, it's, it's about listening to the body. It's knowing your body, knowing those signals, and um, paying attention to them and not ignoring them. Because oftentimes, as, as driven type A athletes, we get so um, into what, what's on the training plan for a particular day. We get so driven on um, making gains and working every day where um, sometimes they can become counterproductive. So listen to the body. What is your body saying? What is, um, what are those, what are those signs? Uh, oftentimes it's a, just a feeling. You just feel tired. You feel exhausted more so than, than normal. I think we all can kind of relate to that. We know when we're tired just because we've, we've had a couple hard days of training or uh, maybe we were a little sleep deprived. And then there's also that feeling of just that that fatigue that comes with stress and, and, and worry and whatever else may be going yeah. on. 
Um, so it, it's just knowing the signals of the body and, and listening uh, to it and kind of dialing in on that. And, um, you know, I think too, we know what a session should feel like. So uh, maybe if it's, it's trying to get in a session and you're 10 minutes into a bike ride, you know what it feels like to be 10 minutes into a bike ride. If it's just not there, if it's just not happening, that's when we're, we're getting those cues from the body. Maybe it's an elevated heart rate um, where there, that's more of that objective feedback that we get. But oftentimes um, we have to kind of look at the subjective. It's how do we feel and, and what do I what do I really want to achieve today and, and how can I best maximize this time? And oftentimes it's, it's getting off the bike and, and going to relax, take a nap, um, do something that you enjoy. Uh, some of those eustress activities that are those positive stresses are great at uh, mediating some of that negative stress as well. And, and sometimes, you know, just uh, uh, maybe time with the family is, is better spent than, than time on the bike to, to help alleviate that stress. But listen to the body and do what you need to do to get back um, to full capacity. I remember in college, uh, the times I would be stressed, um, and there's definitely some people out there that are going to relate to this, but you know, have, have you ever just been so busy and had so much on your agenda and just so much to accomplish that day that the first thing you do is take a nap? Because <laughs> that was college Andrew Harley. And, and sometimes that's the most productive <laughs> thing you could do is say, oh my gosh, like there's so much going on. I've just got so much in my head right now. I just need to detach for a second. I need to, and in college it was take a nap, and now it might be what you're talking about. You know, hey, unplug from that. Instead of doing that training session, go connect with the family. You know, go go watch an episode, go binge an episode or two that show you love. Like like go, um, you know, un- unwind with thirty minutes of yoga or something more, um, you know, more just kind of body taking body maintenance, you know, kind kind of activities, um, and, and maybe that can be more productive. So so there, there is one scenario kind of in particular I want to ask about because I think a lot of athletes face this. Um, when an athlete is going into a training session and, and they know they just aren't a hundred percent as they head into the session, you know, but they decide you know to give it a go anyway. You know, and, and maybe maybe they fight admirably through the first few tough intervals, you know, but but they still have some hard quality work left to do. And they know they just won't quite be able to hit the paces or the power prescribed. Is it better for us as athletes to kind of call it quits early in a session like this? Or is it best to maybe try to do the remaining work, the remaining intervals, uh, even if we come up a little bit short on the the power or the the, the pace prescribed? This is a great question, and I'm, I'm so glad that you asked it. It's it's also a tough one, though. Um, it's tough because we want to acknowledge the impact of stress without allowing that to be our excuse and just say, like, yeah. oh, I'm stressed. I, you know, I can't do the other intervals. Um, for me, this is, I mean, one of many great benefits of working with a coach. There have been times where going into a workout, I just didn't feel like I had it there. And it's been so helpful to have John's opinion and that other perspective to say, you know, Elizabeth, you've had a tough week. Like, yeah, we we need to cut the duration or the intensity down on this one. So one of my favorite sayings, we talk about it all the time, is, is training and results uh, are really about consistency and not perfection. So um, this, is, this is one of those great cases where um, – the the body of work really is what's going to produce those results. So um, know the difference between being tired uh, and just being done when you just don't have any anything left in the in the tank to give. Um, and again, I think most of us kind of know where that is, um, especially if we're honest with ourselves. We know, like I, I just there there are times where I, I may not be feeling a session, but that's just for whatever reason. Uh, you go out there, you do it, and you're you're 100 glad. 
that you did yeah. when the session's over. But it's it's also important to know the times where, where you're just done. You just don't have it in you for the day. Uh, and those are the days where you just really need to have grace with yourself um, and not feel guilty about it. Just acknowledge that today it's just not there um, and resolve to to do those things to, to get back to it. So uh, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's the next day, but just know that that races and triathlon careers are not made in a single session. Um, they're, they're made with consistent training over time. As we often say, it's doing the right training right. Um, and that's a day in and day out thing. So uh, cutting back on one session, skipping one session is all part of the plan. Uh, that's all built in. You're still going to have great results. Consistently do the right training right. And when it's just not there, that's completely fine. So if you find yourself like maybe multiple sessions in a row, multiple sessions, you know, this week, next week, the week after, you know, tempted to call it quits. Uh, maybe at that point, you just need to go back and listen to episode 40 about grit factor and, and just get a little tougher. Right. Because you're, you're, I mean, if you have, if you have, you know, six, seven, eight intervals on the track and, and you're always going to be a little tired heading into the last intervals. That's, that's the point. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you need, you need to see it through to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that, you know, there's, there's, if it's just the, the kind of an anomaly, the, the off day, that, yeah. that is a real thing. And mm-hmm. so if it's just an off day, give yourself the grace. But if you see those, that off day being a reoccurring thing, you just probably need to toughen up a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's certainly a possibility. So as coaches, when you know one of your athletes is in a stressful week or, or in a stressful um, kind of season of life, um, do you kind of change anything about the way that you coach them through that time? Hmm. Uh, trick question. Yes and no. So it doesn't change the way that I coach because looking at those environmental stressors is always going to be a part of the conversation, but are accommodations made when those stressors are high? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, um, not necessarily change, but always a part of the conversation. That, that communication really is what is is imperative, and that's one of the most important things uh, that exists between a coach and an athlete is is that ability to communicate and to um, for the athlete to be able to convey what they're experiencing and for the coach to be able to understand uh, what, what it is they're experiencing and then make the adjustments um, accordingly. So um, that's why we always emphasize communication, um, and we, we value that as coaches. It, it allows us to provide a higher level Level, better level of service to the athletes that we work with. Um, and it's also, it allows us to know the athletes. So it provides that insight into uh, what they're telling us. Cause it, it may come across as a text message or an email. Um, and then it's, it's sometimes that, that loses uh, context, but when the coach knows the athlete and the athlete knows the coach, then, then, you know, we're able to see into it and see is, is this something that uh, is pertinent to today's session? Um, where we need to say, Hey, hang on before you go out and do this session. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's see how you're feeling. Let's see what your capacity is for the day. Or other times it may just be, yeah, it's, it was a rough day, but you know, go enjoy your session and you'll knock it out. But, um, yeah, it's all about communicating where the athlete is and then adjusting accordingly. So we may not be able to take away the stimuli causing us the mental stress, but is there anything we can do as athletes to mitigate the effects stress can have on our training? 
I would say the best thing you can do is, you know, get a good night's sleep. Exactly what College Andrew believed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take a nap. Your nap right there. <laughs> um, I mean, it does. It, you know, it puts it puts things in perspective, um, you know, from a physical standpoint, you know, all of the benefits and biology of sleep and the good that it does for your body. Uh, really, the best thing you can do is get a good night's sleep. I'd say, you know, next in line is staying hydrated, staying moving. So, um you know, just give the body what it wants, stay hydrated, get those exercise released endorphins. Um, that's going to help with those stressors as well. So the good stress activities, those use stresses will, will help offset some of the negative, uh, impacts of stress, uh, relax, relaxation, meditation, having fun, uh, going out and doing things that you enjoy. If you have all this amount of stress, uh, to the point that you can't get in your training sessions, a question to ask is, is when is the last time you had some fun? Uh, when yeah. is the last time you really kind of let go, relaxed, got out of your, uh, maybe it's your workspace or whatever it is that's, that's causing this stress, um, get out of that and go, go enjoy yourself and then do what you can to set yourself up, uh, going forward. So again, it's, it's mitigating that stress in such a way that, uh, sets you, sets yourself up for success going forward. Great set, everyone. Let's cool down. All through the spring of 2020, TriDot ran the first ever TrainX Challenge, where for 22 weeks, we gave away a top-of-the-line Tax Neo 2T trainer to one athlete that had done the right training right for that particular week. For each TriDot training session, athletes are given a score 1 to 100, based on how well they executed the purpose of that session. At the end of the week, every athlete that averaged a 60 or higher was entered into a random drawing where one person would win the prize. It was super great to see athletes learn better training habits from focusing on doing each session right, and super fun to see folks win dope prizes along the way. At the end of the 22 weeks, the final drawing took place, where one athlete would walk away from the triathlon preseason with over $22,000 worth of multi-sport-related prizes from brands like Cervelo, Roca, Garmin, Rudy Project, Tax, TriTats, Generation UCAN, TriBike Transport, and State Wheels. For today's cooldown, I asked TrainX Challenge winner Chris Hess from Blacksburg, Virginia to talk with us about what went through his mind when he found out he was the grand prize winner. So Chris, where were you when you found out you were the TrainX Challenge winner, and how did you react? It was uh, it was one of those long work days where um, you know the the end goal of the day was to get outside. You know, everybody's stuck inside in quarantine these days, and uh, I don't actually check my personal email all that often. You know, I spend so much time thinking about work email, and right before we we're going to go out, I flipped over to my personal email and I saw something come in from Elizabeth and um, it said that I was a winner and I was like, Oh, well, this is interesting. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I won one of those weekly train X challenge. And my wife was yelling at me to come out. We were going to walk up to the meadow and get some fresh air. <laughs> and I said, hold on a second. I think I won something. And then I was like, Holy Toledo. I won something really big. You, you and, didn't win something. You won yeah, everything. Right. And I, you know, it wasn't really on my, my, radar, Andrew. I was like, um, you know, I was like most people in the current state of affairs. I wasn't swimming. And so I was trying to hit all of my bike workouts and all of my run workouts. So my train X scores weren't great. And what you had to hit 60, I think, to uh, to make it to yep. 
the the raffle. And so I was probably averaging right around 60 every week. Um, Tridot was kind of like a an anchor for me to hang on to in all the chaos of the world. And uh, but I but I wasn't feeling like I was you know crushing it by any means. I was I was doing what I could do to stay with it. And and, and to your point, the the week that you won um, that particular entry into the into the pot, you had a training score of sixty two. Uh, <laughs> so so just above the cutoff point, and and that won you. $22,000 in triathlon toys. Yeah, so sorry to all the people that were killing it, but uh, you know, I, I made it I made it into the raffle and uh, um, you know, it's it's uh, I think it's just a tribute to like sticking with it, right? Um, if you stick with it and you guys say this all the time, you know, it's not about necessarily hitting every workout perfectly, but sticking to the program and and that was my mentality. So it certainly more than paid off in this case. I mean, some of the bigger items, you know, were, I'm not going to cover everything, but, but, you know, you got a Cervelo time trial bike, tax Neo two, uh, indoor trainer, some, a, a pair of state carbon wheels, uh, to go on their Cervelo Roka's Maverick X, you know, high end wetsuit, a Garmin Phoenix six multi-sport watch Garmin vector three power pedals, uh, $500 worth of UCAN uh, performance nutrition for the year, a Rudy project, Aero helmet, uh, and, and, and more, I mean, that, that, that's just part of the list. Right. And, and so, um, do, do you have all of your winnings in so far? What, what's, what's kind of, what's it been like to kind of get all those things one by one in the mail? I mean, it's like, uh, Christmas coming multiple times, <laughs> uh, throughout the year. Um, the, I mean, the bike was the biggest one. I mean, like, this is just something that probably wouldn't have been on my radar to buy. You know, I, I have a nice $800 road bike and now I have an $8,000, you know, crazy <laughs> machine. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it takes a lot of getting used to. I mean, we were talking earlier, it's, it's like going from a Subaru, which is what I drive for real and, and moving into a drag racer. Uh, it's, but it's, well, wow, it's fun. And, and, uh, um, you know, that plus the, you know, the, the pedals and the, the, the trainer, you know, I had a nice trainer, but I, I, I got to replace it with this one that's way better. And all, all the stuff is very cool. And it's, you know, the, the thing that I, I don't know that we've talked about much, but it's just such a, validation of the effort you know and like i like i'm not gonna miss a workout now <laughs> you know the, like <laughs> how could I feel, you right i feel like man i have so much that i like you know like i can't i can't skimp on this i like you know i owe try that every 100 uh, effort on every one of these darn workouts going forward for sure so like many athletes uh your big a race for the year was affected by covid19 um and so on the weekend that you were supposed to race 70.3 blue ridge in virginia Instead, you went for a long run through the woods. Tell us about your decision to replace race day with a cool trail run. Yeah, you know, as most of the folks that do these types of events, you're really motivated by some end goal. And so I didn't I didn't feel like I wanted to drop the training and I didn't want to, um, you know, I was I'm just motivated by some something on the calendar. I think everybody is for the most part. And so if I wasn't going to be able to ride that crazy hill and stuff on the Blue Ridge, I was like, well, there's a really great trail run ride or uh, hike in our area called the Virginia Triple Crown. So you go up three different peaks. It's about 35 or 36 miles. And so I got myself a new pair of uh, uh, trail shoes and we went out, you know, on a Monday because crowds were sparser then. And we ran hike that, um, got to take advantage of some you can on that for sure. It took, uh, I think the moving time was something like 10 and a half hours 
but the uh, the time on trail was 14 hours. Uh, it took us to get over that uh, 30, wow. 36 miles. I mean, and that, there's that's one... like the kind of day that you can is like made for, right? No, I, yeah. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel, uh, you know, I was exhausted at the end cause it was a huge amount of effort. There was like almost 10,000 foot of elevation gain over the Jeez. course of it. Um, but there's one point, uh, and we probably didn't set this up the best where you can, you go into a, a, a decision point where it's a half a mile back to the car. And, you know, I had a, a nice beer waiting for me and, a. <laughs> um, some some ribs I'd smoked I was looking forward to that I'd put in a cooler. Um, or you could go up and do a five-mile loop up to the top of a, a peak called Dragon's Tooth, and it's by far the hardest part of the whole trip. It was really one of those moments where you were like, you got to that fork in the road, and you think, you know, it'd be really nice to go to that car and, and uh, partake in what's in that cooler. But, <laughs> you know, you'd always, re- you'd always regret that. And I think we all face those things in these endurance challenges. That's the give up point. But most of us don't give up because we, you know, that's the mentality. Switching gears a little bit, because uh, this is kind of fun for us as a staff to find out. Uh, you know, we at Trotout, we recently launched Physiogenomics, you know, where we take an athlete's DNA data and utilize it to further customize training for that athlete. And Chris, you just so happen to have a PhD in genetics. So as a professional in that industry, you know, what, what are your thoughts on Trotout's Physiogenomics? Well, you know, this is a, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I was like, are these guys, when I first saw this, I was like, are these guys just, uh, uh, is this a bunch of um, baloney? You know, is it, is it a hot air? And, and I, I, you know, I took a look at it and uh, the website's quite impressive. I mean, and the way that they've set it up is, is pretty interesting. I mean, it's not saying that we know everything about you and there's a lot that's um, still to be known about you know, yes. The, yep. this, you know, there's a great podcast that you guys have already done on this that talks about SNPs and, and how these things work. But, um, you know, I think it is, it's so aligned with the Tridat, you know, brand and mentality of taking all of the information that you have and using it in a productive way, right? So much of the training is just based upon your performance, but now it's based upon these underlying things. Is every bit of your ability in part um, defined by your experience plus your genetics, of course, but genetics is a huge part of it. Yeah. And I, I think it's really cool that that is being plugged into the, into the whole program. Um, you know, people, uh, there, there's a tendency, and we see this a little bit on the Facebook page where people have a tendency to get a little bit frustrated when it says, oh, I have a high propensity for injury or I have a low um, aerobic capacity. I, I I think, you know, there's plenty of examples where, you know, that is over something you can overcome. So don't be, you know, I, I wasn't too discouraged. And, and to be honest, mine weren't, mine weren't like this guy's a superstar. I think most of them were uh, average or slightly below average. But what's cool is TriDot will, will take those into account and, and say, if you have a high uh, injury propensity, then it'll make sure that it gives you slightly more recovery. That's a good thing, right? That's really uh, taking advantage of all the information that's there. If, if I, your body needs it, you need to know that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good information. It doesn't mean that you like anybody that, uh, that takes that information and says, well, maybe I'm not going to tackle a full Ironman. Yeah, look, you could still do a full Ironman no matter, you know, no matter what, that's more about just sticking to the training and, and deciding that that's what you want to do. Yep, absolutely. Uh, when you listen to the podcast episode about physiogenomics, um, h- how did you feel about 
uh, Trotout founder Jeff Boer and Coach John Mayfield did did they did they know what they were talking about and everything they covered? Yeah, I think there was uh, they they did a really good job. I was really impressed with Jeff in particular because this is not like <laughs> it's the jargoniest sort of uh, it, it, stuff that you get it's into. It's not light reading. No, no. Uh, I think there was like one thing where he said uh, heterozy- heterogeneous, and he probably should have said heterozygous, but. Um, you know, like only a super egghead <laughs> like me would have noticed that he he did a really good job. It was super impressive to to have somebody uh, only take maybe three four years to learn all that stuff. And he he uh, he he, uh, he showed well, uh, no doubt. And and you know that's the website is very uh, well thought out, and and I think it's it's a nice mix of uh, accessible plus uh, um, you know some pretty high high end information. Pretty neat. So part of your winnings uh, was one full year of a premium TriDot subscription for free. And I was more than happy to jump into your triathlon journey um, when they asked me if I would like to coach you for the year. Uh, So as we head into this year together, uh, and you and I, of course, have have already talked about this, but um, just for the the audience to hear, you know, what, what are your goals for the upcoming year of triathloning? Well, you know, the, the, the first thing I was like, well, yeah, like a lot of other people, I was like, well, let's try to get a new, you know, big race on the calendar. And, um, you know, we discussed that. And, you know, there's a lot of skepticism of whether big races are going to happen in 2020. And I was thinking back to one of the earlier episodes that talked about strength before length and that sort of business. And look, I'm, I'm you know, you call yourself the, the captain of the middle of the pack. I'm, I'm definitely a middle of the pack sort of guy. <laughs> we belong together. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty similar. You're actually faster than me on the run. Don't get, give yourself credit. Uh, and on the swim. Uh, but, um, you know, I've, I thought, well, let's just, you know, you said, you suggested this, and I, I, I like the idea. We're going to spend, my race was deferred till, my big race was deferred till next June. Um, I'm going to do that same race next year as long as all goes well. And we're going to spend the whole year just working on building, um, building on my power and strength on the run and, and swim and, and, uh, and bike. And then, uh, you know, I think this is one of those rare opportunities in life. Um, so you know, that's in June, you know, there's, there's maybe an opportunity to extend the, uh, maybe I'll actually, you know, pay it back to try dot and, and keep the coaching going and, and think about a full Ironman, uh, late season race next year. Um, so that's, I feel like I kind of like would like to see how and almost like get back on maybe here again and talk about how it's been going for a year um, of of taking advantage of all the things that Tridot has has done for me. But I, I really feel like it's a really cool opportunity. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of doing those things, but it, you know it's like um, you know maybe this accelerates the timeline, right? It's you know you take advantage of the uh, the good hand that you've been dealt and. Uh, yeah, I aim to do that. We'll probably throw in, you know, maybe I'll do a, a half marathon or some Olympic distance stuff. But um, the main thing is to really focus on dialing in that speed work so that we can get me stronger and faster. And and uh, yeah, if I if if like other tri dotters, I need to put something on the calendar just to scratch that itch. Maybe we'll do that. But the big ones are going to wait, and we're gonna we're gonna be patient with the training and do the training right. And uh, I think it'll be. Uh, Really fun to see how that pays off in 21. Yep, I love it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously going to be spearheading, you know, your, your coaching team, but I'm, I'm already kind of planning on, you know, getting Jeff Raines's uh, expertise on your running form and getting Jeff Boer's expertise on your swimming form. And, and we're going to make sure that you uh, are set up to make the most out of your, your, your year on premium. So, 
Um, super pumped to be working with you, man, and just super happy for you. I know uh, you've been posting on on the I Am Trout Out Facebook group uh, quite a bit uh, to kind of kind of show you know the 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 bike you won and the stuff you won, and and all, all the athletes really enjoy seeing that, right? We we love living vicariously through other athletes when when they get a new bike or get some new gear and. Uh, so I know everybody's going to be really excited to to follow your journey and see where it takes you this year, Chris. Well, thanks. I'm just, you know, I can't say how thankful I am for all the kindness that you guys have given me. And it's not just, you know, material goods. I mean, it, it's just a, a nice reminder of the the generosity of people, you know, with their time, with their thoughtfulness. And uh, yeah, the TriDot group has been great. You know, I, I, I had this sort of weird feeling at the beginning, like, um, like almost like, oh, look at what I got, you know, lucky me. But <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to be thankful because I am really uh, thankful. And I, I wanted to um, just show my support for the program because I, I do believe in, I was a zealot kind of before and people would would uh, corroborate that if you asked them before I won this thing. <laughs> but um, it, it really is just a, a good example of the, the, the good things about humanity in a time where, you know, we're maybe not seeing uh, that, uh, displayed all the time. Thanks guys. Well, that's it for today, folks. I want to thank pro triathlete Elizabeth James and coach John Mayfield for talking us through the effect stress can have on our ability to train. A big thanks also to athlete Chris Hess for taking some time to share his experience with the TrainX challenge and TriDot training. Shout out to Generation UCAN for partnering with us on today's episode. Head to youcan.com to find out what Superstarch product is the best fit to fuel your training and racing. Enjoying the podcast? Have any questions or topics you want to hear us talk about? Head to trydot.com slash podcast to send us an email or record your voice for the show. We'll do it all again soon. Until then, happy training. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and share the TriDot podcast with your triathlon crew. For more great tri content and community, connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to optimize your training? Head to TriDot.com and start your free trial today. TriDot, the obvious and automatic choice for triathlon training.